Apex Millennial Man Podcast, the podcast for SeedSing.com. I am your host, Artie Kulik, and with me is the master of being Luigi, and that's the greatest other host, Ty. How are you today, Ty? Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, if I sound weird, it's because I have a head cold. Both my son and I do. We uh, both don't have COVID. And yeah, that's right. I'm still testing for COVID even when I have a head cold. So yeah, well, sorry if I sound different. That's the world we live in. I was out at one of my kids' track meets the other day, and the person I was talking to like sneezed. I go, I must be over all this COVID stuff now, because normally I would have just gotten up and walked away from you. But. <laughs> or just sprayed our face <laughs> with uh, hand sanitizer yeah, or something. Yeah. So, well, that's the world we live in. But Ty, we're going to talk about the Super Mario Brothers today. Kind of mm-hmm. an overall, normally I don't tell you what I was talking about, but I told you this time, so we could dive right into it. And I wouldn't have to yeah. dance around stuff. But I want to start this by uh, talking about the company of Nintendo itself. Because every time this comes up, I, I first thought of this. Obviously, the Super Mario Brothers movie is in the movie theater. We'll talk about that in this, at mm-hmm. the end here. I just got done. There's a podcast I listened to called A Wondery. Or it's the network's Wondery, but it's called Business Wars. And I just listened to a series on... Nintendo versus the PlayStation. And one day I'll tell that story, talk about that story, because it's really fascinating in a lot of ways. But it made me think about just how big the Mario Brothers are, the Super Mario Brothers, and how, I, I mean, a product that's been around for 40 years and how all of a sudden it's now finally broken out of video games and in into movies. So have you mm-hmm. seen the movie yet or are you going to? No. I know my both of my kids want to, and I mentioned him during my blogs last week and last week on the podcast, but Kirk Og, sometimes contributor, has Mario tattoos up and down his arms, and he saw it, and his real brief critique of it was, it was a fine kids movie, I'm glad I lowered my expectations, is what he told me. Well, like I said, I'm going to talk a little bit about that at the end, but let's talk about Nintendo as a company. Let's set that up first. And when I was listening to Business Wars, I, I know this, but it always blows my mind. So Nintendo was founded in 1889. Not 1989? No. 1889 <laughs> oh. is when it was founded. Okay. What they did is they made uh, they made uh, a certain kind of card, playing card. And they were in Kyoto, Japan. And the mob really liked using their cards because when the mob would do uh, games of chance or poker games or whatever <laughs> they played – They would always want a new set of cards to make sure people weren't cheating. They weren't marking them or doing anything like that. So that's Mm -hmm. what Nintendo did. They supplied cards to the mob, essentially. So Nintendo's been around since the 19th century? Yes. Yes. That's that's wild. I just always assumed it was, you know, the Nintendo gaming system. Well, in about the, I want to say it was the mid-40s or 50s or so, a guy named Hiroshi Yamauchi, I'm going to say some names wrong, people, I apologize, but yeah. he took over Nintendo, and he was, it's a family company, essentially. He was a young guy, he's like the the fail son of the previous owner and everything like that, and wanted to move them into, during his tenure, move them into more kind of like toys and things like that. And during that time, he created or his company created things called the Game & Watch, which was like a little handheld video game system. And they would make a couple of other things that make some, I want to say they painted like arcade cabinets, but they were getting into the video game. And I'm condensing a lot of stuff into one minute because I want to talk about Mario here. But during this time when Nintendo started to move into this, a young guy named Shigeru Miyamoto. Now, Mm -hmm. do you know who that is? 
I am aware of the name. I think I've, oddly enough, I, I might have heard about that name when, when the movie Pixels came out. Because yes. I think he might be in the movie Pixels. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I've heard a lot of people talk about it. A lot of people will say, and I'm being one of them, that when it comes to pop culture of my lifetime, he is probably the most influential human being to live. And okay, they say, did he create Mario or did he create the music? Yeah, well, he, he, he I'll get to it. But he is, uh, okay, right. he is definitely like he was a, a young guy who graduated from some school, needed a job. His dad got him a job at Nintendo. A lot of the stories behind him, he's kind of a slacker, but he mm-hmm. he made some toy like some arm grabbing type toy. And the head of Nintendo was like, this is great. I want you to to develop toys for us. Okay. The first thing he did is he wanted to create a game based on the cartoon character Popeye. And he designed it all out that you were going to have uh, Brutus, the bad guy, was going to take olive oil and Popeye would have to go chase him and get olive oil back. Problem is, he developed this whole game and they could not get the license to Popeye. Okay. So he Why wouldn't they ask first before going <laughs> into development? I, again, this is a, we would almost have to ask our father about the early days of video games because I think he sure. probably the type of work he did for McDonnell Douglas was the same type of work Atari was hiring people for. Yeah. But so he made this game and they have it and they're like, oh, God, what are we going to do? So he decided to swap out some color palettes. He made the you know, you were talking about pixels uh, here. He made the Popeye character's nose a little bit longer. He changed the colors of a few things and he changed Bluto or Brutus or whatever his name is. I can't remember. He changed him. Brutus. Yeah. He changed him into a giant ape. And okay. so thus was born Donkey Kong. Now. Yeah. The only character that had a name originally was Donkey Kong. After a while, he named the woman that he took Pauline. And then he named, he originally was going to name the main character, the guy you controlled, Mr. Video. But somebody at <laughs> Nintendo said, that's absolutely stupid. And That would have been rad. <laughs> so, I think that's a cool name. So he, he named him Jumpman because he jumped. That was the genesis of it. And the Donkey Kong came out, Nintendo made it, and it made bank. It sure. solidified Nintendo as the video game, one of the video game companies. And uh-huh. this was at a time that you know Pac-Man was out there. The Atari was doing really well. All of this stuff going on. And they basically told Miyamoto, you could do whatever you want. Now, when he created Mr. Video, mm-hmm. he had this theory that every game he made, he was going to put him in. But he was going to be like a cameo. Alfred Hitchcock is in like every movie he's ever made. But it's like usually Same with just, M. Night Shyamalan. Yes, right. Now, Shyamalan <laughs> yeah. gives himself lines like Hitchcock just like walks across the back oh. of a scene or something like that. A so, heightened extra, essentially. I yeah. Suppose. So this is supposed to be that's what he was going to do with Mr. Video or now Jumpman. And as he was developing a few more games, and I don't believe he did it, but he was obviously part of it. Somebody took mm. and they made the game Mario Brothers and they decided to call them the Mario brothers. And there were two of them and they were in a sewer kicking around things trying did you ever play Mario brothers? It's funny story about that because we had a Nintendo growing up and our mom famously sold it for like 99 cents at a garage sale because we couldn't share, but (laughs) I'm sure you'll have me get into this later, but I never really had time to play the Nintendo being the youngest of four boys. I feel like you and our oldest brother kind of (laughs) lorded over it. And when you guys wanted to play it, since you guys had seniority, you were kind of, there to play it so my 
my memories of, of playing Mario Brothers are more like playing it on the Super Nintendo, going over to friend's house and playing it, not necessarily playing it at home with you guys, not trying to beat the whole game on one life like our oldest brother yeah. did. Oh, and then you're, we'll talk about that. Later, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Miyamoto did okay. develop Mario Brothers, but this was the first time in the the quote unquote story of Donkey Kong. He said Jumpman was a carpenter. So this is with Mario Brothers because they're underground with pipes and all this stuff. This is where the idea that they were plumbers came from. Okay. And Miyamoto's even said, yeah, OK, I guess they're plumbers. This was the arcade business and Atari. And I believe it was 1983 or 1984. The entire industry crashed. It was famous for it. Basically, everybody thought this is it. This is the end of video games. Now, there was a, a couple of guys in Seattle who were distributing these arcade cabinets all over the country. These guys were always behind on rent. And so they had this kind of schlubby Italian dude. His name was like Sergio or his name was Mario something. But he was yelling mm. at him one day about I need my rent. I need my rent. And they're like, well, we promise we're going to pay the rent. We're promise we're going to pay it. And they go, but while we're waiting, you see this new game we have. You see this guy who goes up this thing to save the girl. His name's Mario. We're naming him after you. So that's actually how he got his name. So, oh, okay. So they were just trying to save themselves some time. It sounded like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like we're going to name this famous video game character after you. But I guess the character wasn't famous yet. No, no, no. I mean, it was the game was called Donkey Kong, which again, yeah, yeah. weird. So he has a name. The Mario Brothers game comes out. He has a brother. He has Luigi. So in the original game in Donkey Kong, he had a blue shirt on and they were like red, uh, red overalls. Overalls. Yep. Well, the video game industry crashes, but Nintendo's still making games. They're looking at making this home system like an Atari called the Famicom Systems, like family computer system in Japan. And it was doing well, and they wanted to move it to the United States. But again, video game industry crashed. Nobody, no retailers are like, we don't want any systems. Yeah. So they decide they're going to package it with a game. And this is a game Miyamoto had been working on. And Ty, back when you bought your Nintendo and you mm -hmm. put that game in, here is what you would hear. They did that with eight sounds. Eight, so that's why it's all called eight bins. So yes. that song is rad. And like the more you hear it, the cooler it gets. And that song's just it's so recognizable. It's 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 an amazing. I'm not even a video game person, and I lo absolutely love that. It was uh so I wanna say it was just a couple of weeks ago, but the US Library of Congress like deems like certain movies, books, stuff like that, things mm -hmm. of importance, things of global yeah. importance. The Super Mario Brothers theme song is the first and so far only video game song to ever be listed as a cultural thing of importance. <laughs> well, and I mean, I'm sure you could tell me other ones and other people like who are video game people could tell me. But to me, that's the most recognizable one. There's nothing more recognizable than that. I can go back and you know, from NBA Jam is something I remember. But that song, that Mario Brothers song is just so iconic and so instantly recognizable. In comparison to what people had been seeing on the other video game systems, even not just Atari, but some of the more advanced systems like Intellivision or Coleco, is the colors were really bright and vibrant in, in Super Mario Brothers. The game was incredibly easy to play. The game teaches you how to play it immediately. 
You come out mm-hmm. and you have to walk or run to the right, and then you see this this goomba, this little marsh or marshmallow, mm-hmm. this little mushroom, and you need to jump on top of it, and then you see the question blocks and you need to jump and hit him. I mean, in the first few minutes, the game teaches you how to play. I mean, God, you go play a game now, and the first level will take a heck. I think of a game like Skyrim or something. You don't know how to fully play that game until you've played it for like two hours. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, see, even with sports games on like my Xbox, whenever I get a new game, I always go look in the the control settings at the beginning and be like, "All right, this is how I pass. This is how I shoot. This is how I run. Stuff like that." So I have to look all that up. But yeah, you're right. With Mario Brothers, it's kind of like go this way, do this thing. So yeah, that's that's. That's great. Like I said, the colors were uh, vibrant, but more importantly, more than anything, Nintendo's controller. The game was built with that controller in mind and how you used your thumbs and moved your thumbs on it to make it nice and easy. And this is going to be a reoccurring theme as Nintendo goes on that they designed their controllers around Mario games, but Mm. it made it really simple. But the game also worked. You would get so many video games on other systems that just didn't work the jump mechanics or all this would be really off. And the mechanics in Super Mario Brothers were incredibly precise. Even though there's a score up at the top, Miyamoto famously, because he went on, and these are other games we'll talk about one day, but he went on and not just did he invent Mario or Donkey Kong and Mario, he also did Legend of Zelda, F-Zero, Star Fox, Nintendogs. I mean, these what are... What is Nintendogs? That sounds awesome, oh, too. Oh, no, that's, uh, that was for the, um, the DS, the handheld system. And it was. It was just dogs that you would play with. It was like the nice. Tamagotchi, but for dogs. You just take Legend of Zelda and Mario. He is invented yeah. two-thirds of Nintendo's, well, what they make money on. And if you talk to, my, talk to my wife, and this is more... Nintendo Switch, which I'm sure you'll talk about, but Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, she says, are the two greatest video games ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. A a lot of people will say that. He is, and to the point of, with Miyamoto, and I'm going to get to some Mario games that were not developed by Nintendo, but there were certain games, gosh, I want to say it was Super Mario 3 or something, that he was going to let other people to develop, and then halfway through he said no. No, this I'm I'm gonna do this myself because is Super Mario three the one with the desert levels because that yeah. game rules yeah okay, yeah yeah I remember that one. Needless to say, Super Mario Brothers sells Nintendo. It brings video games back. Nintendo become they become the dominant video game thing. And true to form, they would have Miyamoto like help with other Nintendo games. And so you have games like tennis, Nintendo Tennis, very basic game. The ref is Mario. You have oh, Mike nice. Tyson's Punch Out. The ref mm-hmm. is Mario. <laughs> it was weird to see Mario without a hat on in that game. I'm like, first time I ever played that, I was like, is that Mario ref in this match? Right oh, now? and speaking of the hat, the only reason Mario has a hat on is because Miyamoto was so crazy that he was making hair on him. But when he jumped, mm-hmm. he wanted the hair to move and he couldn't get it to move. So that's why he wears a hat. <laughs> okay. Uh, he doesn't have a hat on in Mike Tyson's punch out. No, no, no. no yeah. So Mario shows up in these other little games here and there. It's still their system. Now, they come out with the Super Mario Brothers 2 about a year later. You've probably never played this game, Ty. I feel like I have, but maybe I... Because what you played is the American version of Super Mario Brothers 2. Oh, okay. The real Super Mario Brothers 2, which has been released on a variety of Nintendo platforms, I believe if you get the 50th anniversary Game & Watch, 
with um or the 40th or whatever it is my son has it i think it has the game on there it's called the lost levels here in the united states okay Go- i have not played that yeah you are correct so going back to and i'm going to explain why we got a different version Mario had its power-up system. You would get a mushroom, it would make you big. If you had the mushroom, you could get a flower that made you throw fireballs. Fireballs, yeah. And then there's the star that made you invincible for like 10 Mm -hmm. seconds or so. In the Lost Levels, or Super Mario Brother 2, again, I go back to the very beginning of the game. It teaches you how to play. The first block you hit, a little tiny mushroom comes out of the block. Something you've never seen before. And Uh. when you go to get it, you die. What? So so Super Mario Brothers 2 was deemed too hard for the American audiences. <laughs> they were probably right about that yeah. too. I'm sure people would get very frustrated. So that what they ended up doing is they ended up finding another game Nintendo had already made and they just swapped the sprites out for Mario people and then okay. that's how we got our Super Mario Brothers 2. All right. But the big one here, the game that kind of, for a long time you talk to people, they will say is the greatest video game of all time, Super Mario Brothers 3. It's awesome. When I talk about outside the other industries that Mario has an influence on, there's a movie I'm going to talk about and concern to Super Mario Brothers 3. But here at the time, you had uh, Sega was starting to kind of flex their muscles a little bit. They hadn't quite come out with Sonic yet, but they were on the horizon. Atari yeah. was still a player in the game. Atari was still really? making... Yeah, they were still making systems. Uh, Nintendo, like the Atari before, had a lot of games out there, and some of those games were just terrible. And so there was a lot of fear that, look, we're going we're to come to another video game crash. And when Nintendo came out with Super Mario Brothers 3, it changed. Now, there's a couple of things that really changed. First off, like the like Super Mario Brothers, is an incredibly well-made game. A very, very mm-hmm. well-made game. But what it did differently this time. Now, if you played... I'll use myself as an example here. So if I wanted to play Super Mario Brothers, and our older brother was playing, he <laughs> was Mario. Now, yeah. Anybody our age will talk about getting through the entirety of Super Mario Brothers on one life. Um, yep. That's without using a warp world, without doing all this stuff. And our older brother, that was his thing, which means I had to sit there for like an hour and a half watching him play Mario until it was my turn. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I was so Luigi. imagine that times four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my that was my life growing up with you guys. What Super Mario Brothers three did was after you beat a level, it would go to the next player. Yep. So it made it a lot more. It made the poor little brothers that had to be Luigi. They could get more of a chance to play. <laughs> when it came to like power ups, it like supercharged it. There was a penguin suit. There was the Tanuki, the flying suit. Tanuki one, yeah. There were all sorts of different items you could collect and use. It. Then they have like an like with the fireball thing. Wasn't there like an ice one too? No, just... that came later. That came later. Oh, okay. It almost had more of a. Kind of not, it wasn't really open world, it was still pretty linear, but it had this look to it. An incredibly well put together game that just reminded people Nintendo is still the king in town. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. If they if they're gonna put out a, a, a game and it has the word Mario in it, it's gonna be better. It was also around this time that they started to flesh out Luigi a little bit more. They made him taller, and then later games. Actually, I think it might have been in Super Mario Brothers too. They didn't just make him taller. He could sometimes jump higher, or he could run he faster. faster. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. In later games, he's actually faster. But when you get to the like, if you get to the edge of something and you're Mario, you can stop. Luigi yeah. will stutter, so you have to learn mm-hmm. to. So it almost creates a different gameplay. Also in Super Mario Brothers too, because this is a complaint you're going to get from a lot of people. In Super Mario Brothers, he had to go through, fight all the Koopas, get to the King Koopa, who was named Bowser in the very first game, rescue Princess Peach. So they had basically mm-hmm. evolved Pauline into Peach, and they're like, "Oh, that's all the Mario games are just going to get Peach." Super Mario Brothers two, Peach was a playable character. Mm-hmm. And so they, so is Toad. So she's kind of been in these games themselves. There's even a game, I think it was for the DS, called uh, Super Princess Peach, where she has to go rescue Mario. Nice. That's awesome. So you had mentioned how when you were younger, you had to wait for our oldest brother to beat the game before you could play. See, these are things I do remember about Mario Brothers in the house because I barely ever got to play it at home. But the way it was at our house, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, you plugged in your Nintendo and Certain houses, you had to have light switches on for it to work. And if you turn the light switch off, it would shut down the whole system. I know a lot of people know exactly what I'm talking (laughs) about. I remember vividly one day I was like sitting upstairs at the townhouse we grew up in and a friend of yours comes running up the stairs and our oldest brother's running up in just a towel. And I'm like, (laughs) what's going on? Well, apparently (laughs) our oldest brother was, you know, on one of his quests to beat the game on One Life without a warp world or whatnot. And your friend, you and him, I guess, were leaving or whatever, but your friend shut the light switch off, yep. which shut down the whole game. And our oldest brother, he was a college football player. Like, he was in shape mm-hmm. back in the day. And I guess he tore after your friend because <laughs> he was so upset that your buddy, which I'm sure he had done it before, prior to this, you know, and, and, and he just wanted to do it again. But our brother was so upset that he ran after this dude in a towel. Uh, yep. <laughs> and also... I just love the whole idea of our oldest brother being like, nobody touched this. I'm going to take a shower right now. <laughs> and I'll come back to beat it afterward. But the image of your friend running away and me, I was probably like younger than my son is right now when this is happening. And just seeing all this happen was, those are the type of memories I have around Mario Brothers is our brother chasing somebody, our mom selling the Nintendo, stuff like that. This is my friend Keith. He lived about a mile away. And I remember he just ran out the door and just yelled, see you later, Cubby. And he just ran home. <laughs> that's, and, and that's the thing, too, with our oldest brother. People knew about him. He was kind of a big deal at your guys' high school. So if you upset our oldest brother, he was going to get you. And you yep. better make, oh, yeah. you make your way out of there if you can. Take any chance you can to get out of there. Like I said, I want to go over. I'm really just trying to stick to the Mario games. There's tons of different variations and stuff like that. I mean, we're not going to talk about Mario Kart. Oh no, no, we absolutely, we absolutely are. I'm saying in this first half, I'm just sticking to kind of Mario games. But the Nintendo itself had 24 games that Mario was somewhere in it. Isn't he in Duck Hunt? Doesn't he like? No, no, I don't. No, that's the dog. That's the 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 biggest villain in all video game history. I like that dog. I think that dog's got an attitude that I'm here for. Oh, my also, we shouldn't be shooting ducks. Duck Hunt was also a dope game, by the way. And you know what I learned, like, just a couple of years ago? That is, mm. Nintendo never told anybody this, but if you plugged in the second controller, just a regular controller, mm. that second player could control where the ducks go. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Man, if I had known that back then, I would have messed with my friends. Oh, yeah. Their house to play it. Absolutely. I talked about Sega a little bit here, and Super Mario Brothers 3 came out, but now the Sega Genesis is coming out. It's a more powerful system, and they've got Sonic, which is Sonic and Sonic 2 are top 10 video games of all time. That Sonic's great. It goes back to this concept of Super Mario Brothers. It looks different, and it works perfectly. So they had this. As a matter of fact, Sega had a whole big ad campaign that says Sega does what Nintendo don't because oh, it was nice. kind of like Nintendo's slow. And Nintendo did come out with Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. And it was like, yeah, it's a game. I'll tell you a lot of people my age, it's kind of a game we skip. And then you have the PlayStation coming out. And this is kind of where I'll end it because here's where the reemergence of Mario comes out. So you have... Sega does what Nintendo don't. And then PlayStation had these Crash Bandicoot commercials where he's going to oh. Nintendo headquarters with a megaphone and going, hey, plumber boy, come out here. So that everybody- is my favorite <laughs> role-playing game, whatever you want to call it of all time, is Crash Bandicoot. Nintendo had to do something. And when they came out with the N64, like I said, when you shot up, and I think the N64 only launched with like two or three games, but one of those games was Mario 64. And when you turned it on, this is what you heard. It's me, Mario. Hello. So Mario spoke. Yep, he did. It's me, Mario. (laughs) And it seems like such a minor little thing, but it created this concept, this this very endearing concept of the character. Now, I only read it. I couldn't find the, um, I could not find the the audio of it supposedly it's out there somewhere but the guy who do, who does the voice of mario who's done the voice of mario in every game i guess he recorded something for nintendo and you read this and if you're italian you're gonna be like well that's that's terrible because the whole and i'm not kidding i am not making any of this up when you read it it's like he says oh look at me i'm making me a pizza pie with the pepperoni and the sausage and oh my goodness so in my mind again to reference simpsons like we always do on this podcast i imagine it's like the guy who owns the Italian thing in there. And, you know, in the one episode, he says, this makes me so mad. I, mean, I want to talk about it. But first off, I have to pose for this pizza box. <laughs> yes. That's what I imagine it's like. And the dude who does the voice, his name is Charles Martinet. He's French. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's a left turn I didn't expect. <laughs> yeah. But it was Mario 64, which is has gone down. Again, a lot of people will talk about it. One of the greatest video games of all time. My it, wife won't get rid of her Nintendo 64 just so she can hook it up to the Wii and play that game. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I know when the Nintendo Switch did the online version, they added the 64 games in. Because my son, he's big into Mario, but he never played that game. And he'd play mm. it, and he'd complain about the camera all the time. But man, did he play it. And he finished it and did it again. And a lot of Good things we associate with Mario... The concept of finding the stars, the Mushroom Kingdom, what it looks like, Peach's Castle, all these things come from Mario 64. And literally from that day on, Mario became the biggest video game character and has never given it up. Somebody said, give me a video game. If somebody put like a Nerf gun to my head and said, you need to name a video game character in the next 10 seconds. the first, I mean, I would think Mario before I would think Sonic, Zelda, even Donkey Kong, who apparently, from what you told me today, I found out today that was created before Mario was created. Mario is iconic, is the best word I could use for that. Hello all, this is RD. I wanted to talk to you guys about another podcast that I do work on called High Heels and Politics. It's hosted by Marianne Christie, who I work with here in Southwest Ohio. And Marianne, she interviews 
a lot of influential people. In Ohio, she's interviewed uh, a lot of political people that are influential. But for those of you outside of the state, she's also interviewed people like Susie Chapstick Chaffee, a former Olympic skier who was the face of Chapstick for the 1970s and 1980s. It's really interesting to listen to that one because she talks about her struggles as a woman in the Olympics, but then how she used her celebrity and her attractiveness in order to get more rights for amateur athletes, which led us today to things like the NIL. Also, Susie was very instrumental in Title IX, which we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of. But it's not all just seriousness. Uh, Marianne has also interviewed the Naked Cowboy, the New York City icon that's been out there. Simon Lease, who a lot of you may know if you've ever seen The People vs. Larry Flint, he was the guy that arrested Larry Flint. He also arrested Jerry Springer when Jerry Springer was a member of the Cincinnati City Council here. So I encourage you guys go to Spotify, Google, Apple, go search High Heels in Politics, follow, subscribe the show. Marianne comes out with a new one every week, and it's an incredibly great conversation. And if you're interested or know anybody that may be on High Heels in Politics, just go to the contact page and talk to us. So let's get back to the conversation. Okay, Ty, a lot of times I'll end a podcast or end the first half on the high note, and then here comes the fall. Mm-hmm. Not much of a fall with Mario, but I want to keep true to who we are, because there was a weird brief period of time where it looked like, okay, this crap's just not working. And really? During I don't a, oh, yes. recall this at all. Oh, and during this time, I, I'm going to mention things to you I guarantee you've never heard of, because Nintendo <laughs> okay. has done everything they can to take the proverbial bodies of these things and dump them in the river so nobody can ever, ever remember them again. Really? Oh, all right. <laughs> so Mario's a big deal, especially after Super Mario Brothers 3. This was actually before, like, the game, everybody knew the game was coming out, but there's a 1989 film called The Wizard. Now, have you heard of this movie? The Wizard. This isn't... No, I'm thinking of The Wiz, so no, I've no. not heard of The Wizard. No, this had Fred Savage in it. The plot of the movie was that his this little... isn't the movie where there's like a little demon with him, right? No, no, no. Okay, no, no. all right. No, the plot of this movie is that his little brother's really good at video games, and they're trying to get to the Nintendo World Championship. And so Nintendo, they ended up outsour- outsourcing a lot of their IP for this movie that they could use. And, sure. you know, Fred Savage was in this, Bo Bridges, Kristen Slater. Uh, it's Tobey Maguire's first movie ever. He plays wow, one of the Wow, this kids. is a cast. Oh, yeah, yeah. And again, it was a big deal because at the end of the movie, oh, on the soundtrack, I'm looking at their Wikipedia page, there's a Bo Dean song. <laughs> nice. Man, there's two Bo Dean songs. <laughs> well, they really must have wanted to get their music out there or something. <laughs> Milwaukee's most famous band. I know my wife yeah, always yeah. like, it was Violent Femmes. I'm like, you didn't live there like I did. So. <laughs> <laughs> you lived there for like two years, dude. It was uh, less than that. It was a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The big deal was at the end, you were going to see this game nobody had ever seen, and it was Super Mario Brothers 3. This game's also very famous for is that the the villain, so to say, the bad guy kid who plays video games, had a Nintendo Power Glove. One day we'll talk yeah. about just, I, I have a whole podcast of just stuff Nintendo has screwed up. The Power yeah. Glove was terrible. I mean, it's. I a, know of that from a Goldberg's episode yes. when I still watch that show. But the scene, if you go Google it, I didn't get the the clip. But somebody goes, oh, I think Fred Savage is like, oh, is that a power glove? And the kid looks at him and goes, yeah, it's bad. And you're like, yeah, you're right. It is bad. <laughs> it is bad. But he meant bad isn't good. Not bad isn't bad. So the wizard. Some beastie boys for everybody out there. Yes. Is what I was trying to get at. <laughs> 
So The Wizard is terrible. It's a terrible movie. It's a movie I would not even do a first watch rewatch on it. I was trying. I was thinking, oh, maybe there's some nostalgia to it. Maybe my son will like it. No. Terrible movie. We should never, ever think of it again. It's really, really bad. Also, I referenced about how there was Sega, Nintendo, and then Sony. The Sony PlayStation was actually built for Nintendo. It was supposed to be a Nintendo system. And at the last minute, and again, go to the Wondery podcast, Business Wars. They do do like six episodes on this. Nintendo famously kind of screwed Sony at the last minute and gave the rights to make Mario and Zelda games to uh, the company Philips for their new system. You probably have oh. never even heard of that new system. No, I, no. What is it called? <laughs> Philips is like a. They're, I've heard of the product. Yeah, they like make like TVs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it was called the CDI. No, I have no idea what that is. And they had there was a uh, Hotel Mario, Mario's Game Gallery, which was like poker or something like that, mm. and Mario's Time Machine. These games that. Were, they were all never heard of them. They were terrible. And I've never heard of them, yeah. And then Nintendo also decided to let somebody make a big budget live action Super Mario Brothers movie. This I'm aware of. <laughs> because of the podcast, how did this get made? I've never <laughs> seen the movie, but I'm very aware of the movie being made. So I'm gonna uh, play apparently Bob Hoskins was drunk the whole time he filmed it. Oh, he and John Leguizamo <laughs> both. I I'll I'll get yeah. to that. But I'm gonna play the trailer for you, Ty, and then get some of your reaction. All right. Feeling we're not in Brooklyn no more. Luigi! You better not hurt! They're brothers. They're plumbers. They're on the trail of a kidnapped princess and a mystical meteorite. It's incredible! That gives anyone who possesses it the power. The universe. Get me the rock! Come and get it, lizard breath! Now, they must rescue the princess. Luigi! Alien species escaping. And make it safely back. Later, alligator. To our world. Are you alright? Before time runs out. Mario Brothers, this ain't no game. No oh boy, <laughs> this ain't no game. They really, they really leaned into the "I've got the power" on that <sighs> trailer. It looks as as chaotic and stupid as it sounds, and it's very fresh in my memory because we're recording this on a Wednesday. This past Monday, how did this get made? Did like uh, they call them Monday matinees where they replay an old episode, and they did Mario Brothers this week because the movie just came out. 
the stuff I heard from that podcast that I got from here, I already mentioned Bob Hoskins being drunk. You said John like Mazamo kind of started partying with him. They said something about how Bob Hoskins didn't know this was based on a video game <laughs> until he showed his kid the script, which is what I heard. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could remember the exact quote Paul Shear said, but it was something like, What do you regret most? What's your worst movie? Yes. And there was one other question and the answer Bob Hoskins <laughs> said to all three was Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> And I guess apparently they're not even brothers in the movie. Doesn't Homeboy from Blue Velvet play the villain in this? Yes. I can't think of his Dennis name. Hopper. What's that Dennis, Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to uh, fill in a few gaps here. So Nintendo was all on board. And they were basically like, this. the brand of Mario is so strong. We don't need to be involved in this movie. You guys do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> okay. They first offered Danny DeVito the role of Mario and to direct the movie, but he was doing something else. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Michael Keaton both were uh, considered to play Bowser, or in the movie they just call him King Koopa, but they turned it down. Tom Hanks wanted to be Luigi in the movie, but due to a recent strain of box office failures, the studio felt like they didn't want to take the risk. They didn't. Tom Hanks is like the world's greatest actor. <laughs> so uh, Bob Hoskins and the young John Leguizamo were I, brought in. I like both. Of, I mean, yes. Bob Hoskins is in one of my all-time favorite movies in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And John Leguizamo, I know some people have issues or whatever. His late career resurgence is amazing. And he is, I just watched it again the other day. He is incredible in the menu. incredible that movie no he is really really good and he actually he said a big reason he wanted to do this movie is he saw a lot of italians playing latin characters so he's like well i'm latin Mm. i'm a latina actor i'm gonna go play an italian good for him Uh, to be fair the script that they all signed on for was vastly different than the movie they made and as a matter of fact it was supposed to lean more into kind of what the game was like and kind of more of a, a fun movie And they brought in this husband and wife directing team. And I'm going to read an incredible quote about them in a minute from Bob Hoskins. But they brought him in and they just literally changed everything and tried to make it edgy. And John Leguizamo even talked about they were filming scenes in strip clubs, which he's like never even made the movie to begin with. But the movie. Oh, yeah. The movie began. Dennis Hopper decided he wanted to play King Koopa like Donald Trump. Now, this was 30 years ago, Todd. Yeah. There was that. There was that issues. And the script kept changing while they were making the movie. Like you said, Bob Hoskins hated this film. John Leguizamo's been a little kinder to it. And the movie has kind of got this weird cult following. I haven't seen it since it was in the theaters. And I remember like, this is awful. But part of me kind of wants to go check it out again. But in 2007, Uh, and I'm going to have to clean this up a little bit. Bob hmm. Hoskins was on a interview and he's, Somebody asked him, what's the worst thing you've ever done? He said, worst thing I ever did? Super Mario Brothers. It was an effing nightmare. The whole experience was a nightmare. It had a husband and wife team directing whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent. After so many weeks, their own agent told them to get off set. Effing nightmare, effing idiots. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> that, again, I have this weird affinity for Bob Hoskins just because of who framed Roger Rabbit. But man, that's such a great quote. I love that. Rest in peace to Bob Hoskins. That's great. Yeah. And he, they talked about how he and Leguizamo were miserable. So they would drink yeah. before did, they had to come on. Hoskins, like, I think I heard on How's Get Made also, he like broke his hand during yeah, something. So yeah. you see him like in a finger cast or something during this movie. It had to be brutal. They made the big mistake. Now, something else that's really important to know about the Super Mario Brothers movie. It is the very first movie ever made based on a video game. Really? Yeah. So there's nothing. Uh, yeah, I guess there's nothing no, no, prior they, to that. 
it really kind of set the stage for video games don't make good movies it really kind of strained this idea of who mario was and to be honest ty it nearly completely kept mario out of movies until recently but also around this time there was a tv show on Again, you want to talk about just not totally understanding what it is. I've talked about this before, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, where... Never even heard of that. Yeah, it would have these adventures. And, well, what it would do is there'd be live-action segments at the beginning and end, and then there would be a cartoon in the middle. But it would not... Yeah. It, it didn't use the name Bowser. Again, he was King Koopa. It was like Toad was this whiny dude with a jersey accent or something like that and it just didn't make a whole lot of sense but what was kind of great about it captain lou albano from wrestling he played mario Mm -hmm. in it and at the end of every episode because i get this in my head all the time but at the end of every episode this was the closing theme song do the mario swing your arms from side to side come on it's time to go one step and then again let's do the mario all together now you got it to summarize to do the mario you swing (laughs) your arms side to side then you take Uh a step and then another that's the mario Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I see. I see. Not, I love the, uh, the, the drum sound, the marimba drum sound that they got going on, the steel drum sound. Blue Albano basically yell talking the leaders as opposed to singing them. I'm down. For, I'm here for that. It's like it reminds me of a worse version of the Bartman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that show uh, again. My son, when he was younger, he really liked. Uh, he really liked that show watching it showed so bad i mean it is so bad yeah, i'm sure it's terrible <laughs> and so it was i mean video game wise mario is great because at the same time they're doing this they're coming out with mario kart which oh, is maybe the greatest just basic racing game ever in the history of racing games and i'm a big fan of that game and yeah and that's a game that gets better every iteration mm-hmm. it goes and everybody talks about their favorite mario kart is their first one I don't agree. I, I always tell people my favorite's the Wii version, but the current version is just far and away the best one there is. Well, that's what I was going to say. My favorite is the current version because that's the only time I've ever really got. I played it before, obviously. And like my kids used to go to a dentist who had the old school Mario Kart, but I never played it there. I've only ever played it on the Switch. I absolutely love it. I love being a smaller character with a fast bike and those these slick wheels because I feel like you can go faster there. I found out about the game F-Zero from Mario mm-hmm. Kart because they have a course. A game I used to love as a kid that I did play on Nintendo a lot was Excite Bike. Mm-hmm. They have a course of that on the new Mario Kart. Oh, that's one of my they favorite Zelda- courses. I love that because it's easy. <laughs> yeah. It's a simple loop, you know? <laughs> they have a Zelda course. They have that candy candy park or whatever it's called. or I don't know the name of it, but oh, that course yeah. is you do like eight loops because yeah, it's so short. Park. But Baby Park, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the name of it. But I, I like that game just because it's fun. My entire family, including my seven-year-old daughter, can sit down and play it, and we have a good time doing it. And there's nothing more gut-wrenching than when you're about to win a race and somebody hits you with a red shell and passes you. I love Mario Kart. I'm not, again, I'm not much video games. We've talked about this. I've written about it. Like, I think the greatest video game of all time is NCAA football, and then NBA Jam is a close second. But I would put Mario Kart third behind both of those games. I adore the switch version of mario kart mm-hmm. so you had mario kart they also they did mario party which is another game yeah Has, i played that that's not that's a game that doesn't get better with each one but some it's are great cool, though no again it it's fun to play with your family we played a lot of that to start quarantine yes life. yeah super smash brothers 
Nintendo's yeah. just beat them up, which Mario, and it's gotten to the point now where you could be Mario, you can be Peach, you can be Luigi, there's Waluigi, Wario, I mean, mm-hmm. Donkey Kong, Bowser, all these things in it. Yeah. They so, uh, Even, I think it was NBA Street 3 on the GameCube, Mario was an unlockable character to be. Oh, man. I mean, NBA Street, that's another great game we need to talk about on a podcast. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Cool. So I've, 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 gonna, I've been putting together an entire... <laughs> basketball on video games because i think mm-hmm. it's a genre that it's it hurts a lot there's not many great ones but the ones that are great are beyond great sure but they yeah, we could go on and on about that so video game wise mario is solid and nintendo is like we're not touching anything else no more movies no more tv shows we're doing well, just, like i said in the first half my wife thinks odyssey is one of the greatest games ever created yeah and that's it's hard for me to play because it's like uh it's, it reminds me of Zelda, and I'm not into like those adventure-type games, but it looks cool as hell when she plays it. So my son, he got a Switch. When he got the Switch, it was right around when Odyssey came out. He's probably played that game over, and, and he doesn't like Zelda or any of those games. He yeah. He's played Odyssey over and over again. I can tell you when uh, Mario Galaxy came out for the Wii, I was like, this is the greatest video game I've ever played. And then Mario Galaxy 2 came out, and I'm like, this is the greatest video game I've yeah. ever played. The care they take with building these games and making these games to just work. And I talk about how the systems are built. The the Switch Joy-Con system is built around how you play Mario Odyssey. They, totally. It is completely – those games dictate how Nintendo – and look, the PlayStation 2 is the greatest selling console of all time. The Switch is going to pass it by yeah, big time. I'm so- Price it hasn't already. Yeah, I mean, we heck, I think about it in my house. We have two switches in my house now because mm-hmm. my son has a very first generation one. It's getting a little long in the tooth, so I bought it off him, and he went to go buy the the nicer version of it. Yeah, uh, they've done this well. As a matter of fact, they estimate that the Super Mario series of games, and that includes like Smash Brothers and Kart, has made over ten billion dollars. That's a lot of money. <laughs> and it's t- all for a little side character that they were going to call Mr. Video. Mr. Video. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Who was who was supposed to be Popeye. I can tell you right now, Popeye hasn't made $10 billion. No, definitely not. What's strange, too, about the whole Popeye thing, I forgot to say, is Nintendo did eventually make a Popeye game. And it's pretty damn good. But it's not oh. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> It's, or even Donkey Kong. Well, I didn't Kong. know they even made a Popeye oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't even yeah. know they made a Popeye game. Yeah, it has been big, which brings me to modern day. Nintendo decided a few years ago that they were going to break out, break Mario out of the video game world. And the first thing they were doing is they were building amusement park rides. The company my wife worked for, they had actually done some designs on like a piranha plant and things like that. Uh, oh, nice. Over at Universal Studios, they have a Mario Kart-like augmented reality type ride so they're starting to do that but the other big thing is they were going to come out with a mario movie which again brought a lot of people brought up super mario brothers the 1993 movie again and nintendo though this time was miyamoto is an executive producer on this movie okay he is nintendo would not let illumination who made the film who they made uh secret life of pets and um the same movies yeah. So it's a well-known studio, very good, but Nintendo is like very specific. You are going to do this. And like you said with Kirk should be. and other people have said, ah, it's a little kid-friendly or the plot's thin, but there's a lot of Easter eggs. Look, that's what people want. They don't want exactly and some weird thing like the 93 version. Yeah. 
people have their issues with Chris Pratt being cast as Mario. They should have cast an Italian actor or an Italian-American actor to do it. Or, hell, maybe even a French actor, since that's who does the voice <laughs> or whatever. But I will say, Charlie Day as Luigi, more specifically and more importantly, Jack Black as Bowser, that is primo voice oh, casting. People, people are, off. yeah, people, and Jack Black is selling the hell out of this movie, and he doesn't have to. Yeah, it is. That song, that song is so catchy, too, that <laughs> yeah. he's been out there singing that Peach song. The movie has made over $300 million. I think it's made over $500 million globally. It is the biggest animated wow. film of all time, and it's been out for 10 days. We are actually going to go... Wild. We're going to go see it tomorrow. And I do. I don't expect it to be a good place to kind of wrap it all up. I watch things like The Mandalorian. I haven't watched the latest mm-hmm. season, or even Book of Boba Fett. Or, none of these Star Wars shows that have been on Disney Plus have I hated any of them. Some of them like the Bad Batch or Clone Wars or these things are a little deeper or Andor. I mean, hell, Andor is a, something in the I need to watch that. Oh, yeah. yeah. But things like The Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett and stuff, everybody's like, oh, it's just Favreau and Filoni playing with their Star Wars toys. Fine. Who cares? <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm like, oh, I remember that weird thing. Oh, I remember that. And that's fine. Yeah. That's good. That's what it wants. Again, you can make Andor. You can have your serious version of it, but you're never going to get an Andor if you're not making The Mandalorian. As I was going to say, you know what I love about the Simpsons movie? It's an extended Simpsons episode. Mm-hmm. It's not something completely different. Instead of it being a half an hour, it's a 90-minute Simpsons episode. That's and, all it is, and that's what I love about it. And I don't know, have you seen, don't have the audio clip, but I encourage everybody, if they have not seen this, did you see the Saturday Night Live with Pedro Pascal in the Mario Kart movie? I've seen the clip. I didn't see the SNL, but I've seen the clip because, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, yeah, Princess Beach is all, like, damaged and stuff. And, like, the guy explained Luigi's, like, I'm also bisexual. Of course, I've seen that. Yeah. That's great. I mean, Pascal that's what I'm saying. And all seriously saying it's a meme, Mario. <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, you're never going to get that. I, I love it where they <laughs> says, like, this movie's wrong, says the New York Times. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not going to get it unless you're going to put butts in seats. And for uh, everybody absolutely. I know that has said, yeah, the plot was thin, this was that. But you know what? Jack Black was awesome. I, uh-huh. You know what? I saw this thing off in the corner and I'm like, oh, hey, that's from Mario All-Stars or Mario Paper RPG or whatever. I mean, I think Nintendo, they learned their lesson. They waited yeah. 30 years. I do know the uh-huh. movie got delayed because of COVID and everything. But sure. they waited 30 years and now, I mean, Mario is not just top of the video game world, top of the cartoon world. Well, in a movie like that, it, regard, I, a movie like that, I'm not going to look at what critics say. I'm going to talk to people who are in that world. And that, a movie like that should be fan service. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be something different. Again, what I like about the Simpsons movie, what I like about the Bob's Burgers movie is it's just an extended episode of that show. So for Mario fans... They did some cool stuff. Okay, that's what it should be. And again, Jack Black as Bowser and what Jack Black is doing right now is perfect. Absolutely perfect. I mean, the truth is we don't have Bob Hoskins around to give it another shot. And <laughs> yeah, we don't John have... John Leguizamo could have come back. No, well, he's actually pretty ticked, and I don't totally disagree with him. I go back to when he took the role of Luigi's, like, you get a lot of Italians playing Latin characters, now let's do the other way around. Well... Look, Charlie Day, yeah, that's great, but they there's no Latin actors playing. <laughs> he's and he here in no. he's that's a big thing for him. I know um Tony Shalhoub, who did Monk and all that mm-hmm. stuff. He's an Arab actor, and he said he's never going to play a terrorist. 
I yeah. respect the hell out of him for that. That's good for him. Absolutely, yeah. I yep. get it, but for the most part, and then even Captain Lou, he's also we don't have him around <laughs> to move his arms side to side and and I'll <laughs> tell you right now, I will yeah, I will I will <laughs> report to you all that if they have do the Mario in that movie, I will stand up and applaud. <laughs> You'll be the only person in that That'd be awesome. You'd have to take a video and send that to me if you do that. Yeah. I have to see that. All right, Ty. Well, somebody needs to get in touch with you so you can sit and watch them play Mario for two hours while you wait to play <laughs> Luigi. Where are they going to find you? I'll just text our oldest brother to do that. But uh, you can find me on Facebook and, and Instagram, Ty Kulik, T Y K U L I K, all lowercase. More importantly, come read my stuff on Seed Sing, S E E D S I N G dot com. The NBA playoffs are going to be starting next week. I'll have a full playoff preview and prediction when that goes up but i do write about other pop culture stuff so you can check that out again seedsing.com s-e-e-d-s-i-n-g.com you can hear me on a few episodes of chucklehead chat hosted by my buddy glenn adams go listen to those but then go listen to this podcast it's a really fun really good st louis podcast specific podcast if you want to check that stuff out and most importantly as always listen to me on this podcast the x millennial man podcast rate review us tell your friends about us check out our patreon and we need gun reform, and as always, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, so if you don't want to hear me talk about guns, this is the end of the podcast for you, and I thank you for listening. But, Ty, I am going to take a minute or two here. Yeah, sure. Once again, another shooting. Uh, once again, an AR-15. Once again, multiple people dead. This time, what was different is it was inside a massively secured bank with security and ready police support. I first off want to be to say the Louisville Police Department did what they were supposed to. And one of their officers, who's I think 26, if he does live, is his life is forever changed because he took a bullet to the head that shredded a large part of his brain. Mm. But he went there and he he engaged. He did what he was supposed to do. And that's the, that's the reward he gets. The children of Uvalde did not have police support like that. And they are their bodies were ripped to shreds by these bullets. We are talking about a point that you cannot you cannot recognize these people when they are hit with this stuff. And we have this on the back of another school shooting. And absolute ghouls like Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and these people that care more about their guns or more about letting 12-year-old girls be auctioned off as, as child brides than to actually do something. I am going to let you all know what all of these shootings have in common. The gun. Mm-hmm. While we live in a country that allows our people to continually get slaughtered so the NRA can make more money and so the Ted Cruz of the world can continue to – their assault on American values and American prosperity, you can all go straight to hell. I am done compromising with you. You can take your cult leader, Donald Trump, and you can all go walk into the water with chains all over you. You are pointless. You are useless. And the day – the day that I have to go to the funeral of a friend that was shredded by an AR-15, I don't know what I would do. I can't imagine mm. what I'll do. And if it came really close to me, 
If it was somebody, if it was a family member or something like that, I am to the point that I cannot deal with this anymore. It's the guns. Do something. And I'm not talking about the Republicans. Democrats, do something. So there. Sorry, I had to say that. No, I agree with everything you said. I'm right there with you. So with all that being said, thank you for years. Anything else that you may use to listen to the X Millennial Man podcast. Remember, we're here every Saturday for free, wherever you find your fine podcasting shows. And it is uh man, my allergies are off the charts here. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take some drugs and then go pick up my son. Because that's yeah, that think, makes me a safe person taking drugs. Uh, uh, <laughs> So I was going to say, I think part of this head cold is due to the amount of massive amount of pollen we have in this right now. Yeah. All right. Talk to you next time. Take it easy. The Ex-Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik & Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.